My name is Jonathan Brewster. I am 36 years old, and I have always been devoted to moderation and the inexplicable. I am reassured by the Bermuda Triangle, and I admire the person who refuses the second drink. I read only the beginning of mystery novels, delighting in descriptions of oddly deceased victims discovered in locked rooms. When the detective says, Aha! I stop reading. One of the personal faults I'm most aware of is that I'm never sure which things should be taken seriously. The result, I think, of being raised by parents who took all things seriously. My spirit of moderation tells me that my parents were wrong, but to honor their memory, my policy has been, when in doubt, take things seriously, but always look around to see who's giggling. As I have mentioned, I used to steal people's souls. That is, I was a portrait photographer. My materials were as simple as I could make them. No lens, no shutter, no film. Only a box, black, of course, with a pinhole in it, exposures directly on paper. The methods were simple enough to have been called primitive. Perhaps that is why I believed fully in the primitive notion that a person's soul may be captured when the person's image is captured. My belief was no more complicated than that. No aesthetics were involved, and I didn't distinguish among the souls I captured. I merely believed I practiced a form of magic. What I'm saying may sound silly to you, but think for a moment. Think of the photographs you are carefully saving, the faded images pasted on the pages of albums or buried at the bottom of a drawer. Dad at the Cottage, 1947. Roseanne, Graduation, 1960. Or, perhaps, in the closet, the face of a nameless person, the first one to have touched your body in a certain way. Why do you keep those bits of paper? Why do you feel a vague fear or excitement when you look at them? They are more than a reminder of the past. Dad, Roseanne, the person who touched you, they still live in those images. Run your finger over the paper, Touch the tiny features. Now tell me there is no magic involved. Perhaps you are still not convinced, but I assure you it is true. True in ways I never imagined when my life was like yours. In any case, my clients seem to recognize something uncommon in my portraits of them. I made their souls captive, and they paid me ransom for the return of the enchanted images. My clients had the increasingly rare opportunity of taking part in an act of sorcery, and I made a living. Don't be alarmed. I realize that people don't enjoy reading about how other people make a living, and I won't speak to you of the mysteries of depth of field or of direct positive printing. But I have other mysteries to tell you about. The mystery of love, for example. I've been in love twice— and regardless of what you've heard elsewhere about the experience, I'm not sure I recommend it. Love leads to immoderate acts and the illusion of perfect understanding. And yet I knew those things before I met Sarah Coleridge. It's possible that you know what Sarah looks like. There was a summer when some pictures I took of her were published in gossipy magazines and in an overpriced book devoted to the questionable theory that photography is an art. Sarah was not identified in those pictures. She was part of an odd but insignificant mystery. 
but there is the possibility that, if someone were to become indiscreet, you might see her again some day. You might see her calm beauty projected behind the newscaster's shoulder. You would be puzzled by the contrast between that beauty and the terrifying things being said about her. Or perhaps you might see her in one of the news magazines. She would be smiling in monochrome above the legend, A Taste for the Unthinkable. The magazines, eager to please, like to pretend that some things are unthinkable. You'd probably like that too, and I suppose that's the way to be.